Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by Two Girls, One Goth. Now, today is a very special episode of Killing Time. We have our first guest in the history of Killing Time, and we are so, so excited about it. Yes, yeah, and we have and a long history with Payne Lindsay, who is our guest today. Yes. And that history and we were... being, we went to Atlanta and filmed in his weird little <laughs> booth in his office. We'll record it, rather. Basically sitting on top of each other because yeah. it's so yes. small, because that's how a vocal booth should be and not like recording in Billy's uh, kitchen living room with lots of things for the sound to bound off, bounce off of. Yes, but we are going to, you know, try to dig some details out of pain, not, not just, you know, the podcast that he does, but some things from his past. So you're really going to want to listen. Well, and I will say we did already record this interview, so I do want to give a little like, I need everybody to listen to the very end of this podcast because pain reveals something about his past that is so incredible, so wonderful, so shocking that you just have to hear it from the horse's mouth, you know? Yeah. And if you thought you liked pain now, just wait till you find out about <laughs> just this. Just wait. Yes. <laughs> it's an incredible episode and we are so excited to have pain and we thank him again for giving his time it was such a wonderful episode and i hope you enjoy it yes we have with us my uh my sneaker adversary one of the greatest True crime podcasters out there, Payne Lindsay. What's up, man? How you doing? What kind of sneakers you got on today? <laughs> I'm not wearing. Sne- Here's oh, the thing. Okay. Can All we right. just weird saddle shoes? Well, on I know right we're going to get into like the lighterness of our podcast in a bit, but can you guys explain this whole sneaker back and forth that you've had on Instagram? Because okay. it's been a thing. So you know, Payne is a sneaker guy. Yes, you see him. He loves the sneakers, and for some reason, I started getting into sneakers because because of me. Because it wasn't because <laughs> it wasn't because of you, but Universal Monsters made these sneakers, and they had like um, like Frankenstein sneakers. It was mm-hmm. like you know, so I, I bought them, and I just I, I tagged them. I was just like, "You're it," and then it just went from there. And I've been buying sneakers, and 
to be honest with you, I wear them maybe like once. Isn't that what like a sneakerhead does? The Jurassic Park ones that You're I got. Is it just sleep to win? My sneaker yes. collection. Is it you just, just to win? It's just, you just want to beat them. It's just to mess with you pain. You just want to play. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to play okay. with pain. I'm game. I got some sneakers on right now. You, you do have. Yeah. I wore them just for you, Billy. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I think when you're like late to the sneaker game, the person that brought you in is always going to win. Mm-hmm. So you're always. Oh, believe me. I know. I'm... Also, Billy, you don't wear sneakers almost at all. I know. Like I've truly, this is alleged sneaker game because I've never seen you in a pair of sneakers. I still have them in my closet though. Mm, seems like it's, <laughs> seems like it's a surf, superficial. Uh, Are you just buying them and taking them back just to take <laughs> no, pictures? Yeah. 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 Taking a pic, taking I'm just them doing, back. I'm doing it for the gram, being like, yo, pain, yeah. your move pain. And then I just. I just immediately take them yeah. back. Honestly, that would track. So, so there's there's also there's that, and then also you honing in on my guy. What guy? You know who I'm talking about. Which guy? There's a lot of guys. He doesn't I, seem I to know. There's a few I different know. guys. There's, there's a lot of guys. Patrick. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So now Patrick from you want True, true, crime, from true obsessed? crime Obsessed. Yes. yes. Apparently, we were trying. You were trying to convince him to watch uh, uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then he said, "Did you did you write like if you don't watch it, I'm going to break up with you?" Or something I did like write that? that. You did write that. Oh, yeah. Wait, then then did... I learned that you were also his boyfriend too. So I was like, "Oh, well, I, I, I guess and, I'm not and, that and I said, we get neglected because we're women." And, and I said, "Yes." And then, then somebody, then somebody <laughs> said, "Where's Tim Pillieri and all this?" <laughs> so yes. he's awesome. He so, is, we love Patrick. What I see happening between the two of you is you just trying to do all of the things to be accepted by pain. Oh, as absolutely. Like, in, in like See, a friendship. Pain already li- seems to like you. <laughs> I know. Allegedly likes you. You don't have to try so hard. Yeah. Yes, but you know what? Yes, when, but. When I, when I saw him, like, when I saw his relationship with Patrick, I did get a little bit, you know, territorial. Did you? Okay. Mm. Well, maybe All that's right. a you and Patrick thing. I think it's an yeah. us thing. I don't know we're going to have, that. We're gonna have to work that out. Yeah. <laughs> the three of you can have a, a like a Jello rush, wrestling match. The other man. I'm sure he'd really love that. Yeah. Patrick's going to win, by the way, between Patrick, all three of you. Patrick will win. 100%. Yeah, he beat her ass. <laughs> so, Payne, obviously, the reason why you're here, I mean, obviously, you've become a friend now of the podcast, but we want to talk about season three of Up and Vanished. Okay. And I think an amazing place to start would be, obviously, we've seen the disparities between the coverage of certain cases in the United States that get the most attention. And I think it's amazing that you decided to delve in and use your platform to talk about a case um, where these type of cases are generally not given the the due or the attention that they deserve. So is that a deliberate choice? Like, tell us about how you came across the subject case of season three. Um, I mean, you you said it pretty perfectly, to be honest. I, I think that because Up and Vanish became such a big platform that to me it only felt right to be able to use it to spotlight a case that would normally be just less covered in the media. I mean, we've been talking about missing white women for decades since time, yeah. you know, but um, there's plenty of other people missing out there, all walks of life that don't get the same kind of coverage. And so for me, it was just checking the first immediate box. Like, okay, this is, Automatically, no matter what happens, if I find the killer or if I find Ashley, whatever happens, I can at least give this case more attention than it would have ever got before. Yeah. And that, to me, was a a great starting point. How did you come across Ashley's case versus, obviously, all the other missing or murdered indigenous women out there? I just, to be honest, I I looked into 
dozens of them. And I, I reached out to Kimberly, who is Ashley's sister, and we kind of hit it off right away. And that's also kind of one of the things that I want to make sure is figured out early on is, is the family going to be cool about me making a podcast about right. this? Mm-hmm. And uh, that, <laughs> that's huge because things get dicey in the middle of these things. So yeah. um, she was great. And she has been a crusader for justice for Ashley. And she's a strong voice in the community. And we just kind of hit it off and just had one of those moments where I just didn't think about it too much harder. And I was like, all right, this is, this is the case I'm going to look into. And I just told her right then and there. And we just kept going. Did you know, because there are so many layers to the case, did you know about those layers? Did you know about the other, the people that had been murdered that were surrounding her? Did you know about like how she had been shot at? Like all of that stuff. Did you know about that beforehand? I really only knew that after my first interview with her. Wow. And so there was a lot that I learned even... We, I talked for like two hours. Um, and I learned... I mean, it was so much stuff that like I couldn't even tell you what we talked about. I had to like go back home and listen to it and be like, oh my God, like I, I didn't realize she said that. Um, but she, she gave me, I mean, countless leads to look into. And yeah, that, that was also definitely part of it is that... There were so many different layers to the story and different avenues, and really, at the end of the day, so many persons of interest, yeah. Um, yeah. and they all, for good reason, <clears throat> and that piqued my interest because I want to be able to go knock on someone's door and talk to them and not have, I don't want to just have no idea what happened. I want to at least be pointed into a direction where I feel like I can go do something. And, go uh, ahead. I was going to say, thinking about you going and knocking on doors, mm-hmm. you are this white guy with bleach blonde hair. You're sticking out like a sore fucking yeah, thumb. Yeah, look crazy as hell. We're into yeah. the hair, by the way. The hair no. is looking oh, you. smoking. You know I'm not really a fan <laughs> of bleached hair on an adult man, but like you might be the only person that it's working for. I think so you that- should... Your whole palette, the sweatshirt is sort of working. The whole thing, <laughs> I'm like, you. ooh, nice light palette. Yes, yeah. he's very neutral. Well, I'm very neutral. pale, if you can't tell. So. I know, but the hair actually works. Yeah, usually pale guys don't shouldn't have a light hair. Right, yeah. Honestly, I was skeptical. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I saw it, and I was like, it does work, but I want to be skeptical of it because I don't agree with it, but, but it I works so much. there are no other men out there that are looking Think at they pain can do being this. like, I yeah, should be do like, this. Don't this copy a, me, guys. This is I'm a gonna special circumstance. This is my thing. I'm going to go buy some sneakers and then dye bleach your hair, Billy. No, it's, it's, it's just it's just pain. Oh, and for the record, my eyebrows, these are this is my these are their natural color. Mm-hmm. And so something happened when I I bleached my hair, all of a sudden my eyebrows Turned literally lighter? look like my hair. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my natural hair color is like dark brown. Yeah. And this really I don't know. Then. I'm just like You're whatever, okay. Meant like, to be. Your meant natural to be. blonde is just coming out from, It is. From yeah, I'm yeah. just channeling it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so you look like you do. You're going up in rural Montana, knocking on people's doors oh, yeah. on a reservation. Like, how intimidating is that for you? And were you ever just nervous to stick out so much during your investigation? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I definitely get nervous. Um, I mean, I think that I have to try to use who I am, which may be really different from the people who live in this community, to my advantage. I think that even from just the standpoint of knocking on somebody's door and they're just, their first impression is probably like, who the hell is this guy? And then the way that I start talking to them, they're probably like, okay, now definitely who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And so it's almost like a little bit of confusion there. And I think that 
when it comes to talking to persons of interest and suspects and stuff like that, I find that to be, if you do it right, it could be an advantage because I know all about them, but they're still trying to figure me out over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. as they start, as I start talking to them and I'm being genuine, I'm being myself, I'm being nice and open to them. But uh, I think that's, maybe my look is a little off-putting, but I think it, it's, it's okay. I definitely don't roll up there looking all like fresh from the city or anything. <laughs> totally. No, and what you said about this idea that when we roll up on people in, in any investigative podcast, you know, it's like we have researched them. We know where we're going. We know who we're going up to. We know our angle. We know what we want to know. They are totally caught off guard. And that is such an interesting part of it. You know what I mean? And it's like, especially approaching people at their homes, like there is this inherent sort of danger about it because people feel like, protective of them you know especially something as we're dealing with something as serious as murder Mm -hmm. you know and you're asking questions for a reason they're connected in some way they were maybe there that night or knew something it's have you found every time when i was listening to every episode of the season so far i was like there's no way they're going to talk to him like have you found that generally like people are with you in wanting to solve ashley's murder and wanting to contribute what they can or or did you find more resistance than cooperation in that way and obviously we only listened to what we know about right so like there could have been a million no's at every door Mm -hmm. at at certain doors that we don't know about so like i think as a whole like the people on this reservation are they wanting answers or have you been met with resistance i think they all want answers i wouldn't say that everybody wants to talk to me i think that's also one part of the podcast that i didn't really put in there too much because it's just becomes boring after a while just how much time I spend trying to convince someone to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it may come across as like, <laughs> oh, oh God, well, yeah. they were willing. Trust me. On and unra- then I'm on a, at a coffee shop. And, and on, it was great. On Unravel, there are certain people that took us literally years to convince. Right. You know, it's there like, and it's like that's boring. You don't want to put like hung up boring. calls and, and unanswered doors in a podcast. Yeah. Like that doesn't really do anything for anyone. But like, I don't know the energy there. What is your sort of read from a sociological perspective? Like, based on outside reservations? Like, have you noticed a difference? I mean, it's uh, completely different. And I'm very clearly an outsider. Mm -hmm. And they have good reason to be hesitant about outsiders coming into the community, especially uh, this white guy with bleach hair who wants to solve a murder in this town. Yeah. Um, So there's obviously resistance no matter what. But I think that what I found, for the most part, everybody has been, you know, I've made a lot of friends. I've, I've, kept up with people and, you know, just kept talking to people and listen to them and be vulnerable to them too. And that's kind of the, I feel like unless I'm willing, if I'm not willing to be vulnerable with them, then I, I couldn't expect them to open up to me either. And so I think that's one more thing that maybe people wouldn't get just from listening to a podcast episode is how open I end up being to them, whether it comes across that way or not in the sound bite that you're right. hearing you know I, I mean one of the things that because we got that question when we like knocked on james burke's door uh, uh from for unraveled or uh jason christopher uses door for the second season and it's people ask us like were you scared were you frightened for your safety and i was like no i i, I never even thought entered my my mind when i heard you dealing with these people on something that is so you know, a different landscape. 
I was listening to you going, fuck pain. Like, <laughs> like, where, like, what, what does he have behind him? Does he have backup? Like when you're going through Vernon's phone. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just like, it's tense. It's so very tense. tense. It was really, I, yeah. I think I was literally sweating while I was yeah, listening to and, it. And he's going through and going like, all right, you don't have the messages. And he's just like, yeah, I delete all my messages. Mm, and it's like, convenient. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Right. I'm like, who deletes their messages? <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. on Facebook. How do you, how do we even, del- like iPhone, it's very, <laughs> I don't delete any messages. I don't delete so any messages relate, either. Yeah. But, Me either. But like on iPhone, it's, int- it's very easy to delete an individual message on iPhone. But like, I don't know how to de- delete an individual message on Facebook Messenger on my computer. Maybe on the Maybe app. You haven't I'm, had a reason that you really yeah. needed to look right, into it. Right, but I'm just saying, it doesn't seem easy to do or convenient to do. So or I'm always suspect when people do that. Yeah, yeah. and like you're sa- standing there with him. You actually have his phone, mm-hmm. and you're you're vulnerable out there, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, and the interesting thing is that because obviously we all follow each other on, on social media, I know that you've been to these places. Like, I, I fo- we follow you on Instagram. You're, you're, you're showing yourself in Montana. You're... you're Doing goofy pictures He's or whatever. Up to something. Yeah, yeah. Here, here, here's like, they're something. not busy yeah. doing. They're not goofy yeah. pictures. <laughs> now, you know, yeah, 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 but but he's just doing his thing. But meanwhile, when you know, you're obviously not going to show what you're actually doing. But meanwhile, what you're doing is you're putting yourself potentially at risk because you're you're talking to people that potential. You know, I I remember like one of my first cases where I went out and I was started talking to people in Bedford Stuyvesant, and the cops were like. You shouldn't have done that. You probably talked to somebody that either is the killer or knows the killer, and you could be dead right now. And it's just like that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is that like during that moment when you're looking through his phone, like, is that, was that the scariest moment that you had doing the whole thing? Is it something that doesn't even make it on the podcast? Or is there like another notable moment where you're like, holy fuck, I'm like shitting my pants? This, so that was not the scariest moment to me. I think in moments like that, it took so long and so much energy and time to get to where I was mm. in this RV with them there. And they were in my world now. Yeah. They were in my <laughs> RV and we're Ooh. here. We've been chatting up. We've been friends. We've been laughing. And mm. I'm like, let me see your phone. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you want to help me out, then that's not that weird. Yeah. I'll show you my phone. It's not going to be that much interesting the stuff in there for you. It's just going like, to be your name Googled a hundred different yeah, times. Yeah, just me <laughs> checking Twitter to see what people are saying about me. I'll you say know? all the research. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that wasn't, that was very uncomfortable. And even listening back, I was like, man, I, I was so in the zone in that moment. Yeah. And it's almost like you have to, like for me at least, I have to enter this sort of mindset where I just, in the moment, I, I'm not phased by it. Yeah. But when, then when I'm, when it's all said and done, we're back to the Airbnb, you know, two hours away. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? It's the adrenaline. Like, oh, yeah. my you have God. To. That it's was really, crazy, right? It's really. <laughs> everyone's like, yeah. It's really hard, though. Yeah. You know, and one it's of the really things, hard. One of the things that you bring up is imposter syndrome. Yeah. And, and it's, it was really interesting because, like, listen, I've been doing this for two decades. I still have that. It's just like, who am I to be doing this? Sure. But the bottom line is, is that nobody else is doing it. Right. So if nobody yeah. else is doing it. You're the guy. Also, I would never know you felt that way unless you told me that. Yeah. No, I, it, you, I think it all the based time. Based on your work, it doesn't no, seem like I th- you No, I think it all the time. Way. I just, yeah. just like, wait a minute. Like, shouldn't there be, but then shouldn't there be like a professional that's doing this? It's right. like, no, you're the guy that's doing this because nobody else cares and nobody else is doing it. Exactly. Also, and that's it's what a classic you're doing. example, yeah. too, of like, 
no one knows what they're doing. They're figuring out, figuring it out along the way. And I mean, you've owned this from the beginning. You're like, I was a filmmaker guy. Like I just got sucked into this. And, and now because you have this platform, like you're not going to waste it. So you're like, I'm going to pick the right cases. And but we're all just figuring it out along the way. Every in everybody. every industry, everybody. Yeah. literally in every everybody. industry, because everything we tackle in every job is different. But um, you're doing an amazing job with it. Thank you, truly. But I do love how you brought it up on the podcast because when we had all of our like questions from our Facebook community and stuff, there was a couple different questions about that one statement. Yeah, and it's just so interesting because I think it's relatable to anybody. But also for you, like specifically in this one case, like do you feel even more imposter syndrome because of this specific case? Yeah, I mean, just because it's it's such a sensitive issue to talk about, and you know, if you wanted to take me down, the first thing you'd say is, "What? Why is this guy telling the story?" And blah blah blah, blah. It and it's like, like, yeah, you know, and I get where those questions come from, but I'm like, because I'm gonna give it all that I fucking got, yeah, <laughs> and. I want to do the right thing with what I have. I already do this now. This is this is who I am. This is what I've built. And so just because it may be successful doesn't mean that I don't feel like, you know, what the hell am I doing sometimes? I think that and that's universally relatable. And that, that it's funny cuz that segment I was I was so 50/50 on putting that in the podcast. I was like I'm probably not going to do it. I was like cuz I felt kind of embarrassed about it. Like yeah. I kind of felt like it's I was vulnerable. It's or that someone would misinterpret it and be like always making it about himself and well, I'm like I'm, I'm not I'm just trying to be open and just like be able to talk to you how I really feel but yeah. also I think that you talking about it it's like you're almost you're talking about it before somebody else is going to talk about it about you if that makes any sense sure. like yeah you're like I'm going to acknowledge it now before somebody else is going to give me criticism of like why is like a white guy throwing themselves into a case there's like, like absolutely there's, you're, there's no way to appease or please everyone even if you're doing the yeah. most valiant sort of um, altruistic shit that you can, people will find things wrong with it. So it's like you're doing your best and you're doing a, an amazing, amazing job. So another question we had, um, well, this is my question. <laughs> First, actually. So obviously, like, we understand very clearly the neglect that our, our government, our federal government has given to, like, reservations. So what is the biggest difference you've noticed as far as, like, the neglect of Ashley's case? Um, as it relates to like sort of resources dedicated to the search for her, the search for her killer, things like that. I mean, because obviously like a lot of cases are neglected, you know, um, people of colors cases are neglected who don't live on reservations, but have you noticed something different? Um, or even with the Gabby Petito stuff coming out recently, mm -hmm. it's such an interesting like disparity. Yeah. Between the two, especially as your case or as your season is airing. I think on reservations, it's just a complete clusterfuck mm -hmm. because there's all these different agencies involved and the FBI is involved and there's uh, the tribal police and another agency over here. And it almost seems like they all kind of pass the buck to each other. They all kind of point fingers at who's responsible. And so some, someone will go missing or someone will get murdered. And the, the steps that you would normally take uh, if someone got murdered in a big city don't even happen right away. It's just like this such a mess in in the communication that uh that alone causes problems i also think that the the local law enforcement should have more money to bring in people from the community who give more of a shit about their job and feel empowered and motivated to solve crimes that are damn near impossible to solve right i mean i would do terribly at making twenty thousand dollars a year trying to solve a murder in montana i 
I don't know how they they even do it. But it's like I think that there's a there's a million things wrong with it. But I mean, I think funding for local police to be able to do it themselves, I think, is probably a good place to start. Yeah. Um, and maybe just the FBI keeping their nose out of it, unless they're going to go in there and actually solve something. Totally. You know. Totally. Um, in this case in particular, is so fascinating and. I'm wondering, have you ever heard of a case, researched a case, or dealt with a case where you're looking at this case and you found so many murders connected to the case? You know what I mean? Like, as I'm listening to the podcast, I'm just like, okay, Big Al is also murdered. It's Mm -hmm. just like, what have you made of that? And obviously, you found more murders that were connected to players in this case in the more um, recent episodes. Like, what were your thoughts there? I think it's just a borderline lawless place. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the literal Wild West. Yeah. And people who, uh, I mean, bad people, however you want to call them, um, they can get away with doing bad shit. And uh, it happens more often because of that, because they can get away with it, um, no, because no one's stopping them. And so, even though it's a very small community with not that many people, the rates of missing and murdered people are way higher because they're just able to get away with it. And you, you, know, you don't have that same problem in most big cities in America. It really did seem, as I was listening, I was like, it's how they solve problems. It's like, instead of just dealing with... It's like a problem solve is like it's easier to murder someone than deal with the problem. Sure, yeah. Which is so Which is alarming. Like, because the magnitude of murder, I think, it, it's massive, obviously. And it just felt more casual there. And I don't know if that's just me listening or I'm like, wait, people, all these people are murdered? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what to make of it. No, even the way they talk about it, they're like, oh, yeah, he was murdered too. And you're like, like wait, what? Whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> and nobody yeah, did anything exactly. about it. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, to me, I'm like, that's crazy. Like, to me, the, the thing that messed me up the most was, uh, uh, Vernon's cousin going missing. Yes, and that happened when we were yeah. out there. Well, I'm this, like, this someone's just literally that's, just gone missing that's we since ta- we've been it's here. What we were talking about well, before the last you got episode. Here. What, I think what we is listened going to. We're like, like what mm-hmm. is happening? And that's still unsolved, right? Well, the, it, it is. It's, yeah, it is. Yeah, we don't want to give away any of that. Well, they're both still unsolved. Just... Spoiler alert: they're still unsolved. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, have you gotten any crazy? Do you have a tip line personally, or what? How do people like write in if they have information? So we have two billboards up in Browning right now, and they're just missing posters uh, with a reward of fifty thousand dollars for information that leads to an arrest in Ashley's disappearance. Right. Um, and so the only places that that number is, is there because I don't want a bunch mm-hmm. of random well, listeners calling in yeah. and just being yeah. like, Ooh, I just wanted to see what the voicemail sounded like. <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Um, like we, we've got some fan. calls, but like, I know that whoever calls that number is either got it from someone in the community. They, yeah, they saw the billboard. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm trying to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smart. There's a, also a bunch of other ways to reach me. And, and they reached me there, too. Right. Just email, Instagram, whatever. Um, but yeah, as far as the number goes, I, I thought about putting it out there. But I'm like, what's the benefit in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the person who knows what happened lives right here and mm-hmm. has probably already seen this billboard. 
Totally. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten any worthwhile information since the podcast has aired? I actually have. Yeah. I mean, in the first week that we put the billboards up, we got like seven voicemails and we're still following up on the stuff, but information I'd never heard before. Mm-hmm. And that would definitely change uh, <laughs> Ashley's last couple of days and what, where she potentially was and stuff like that. Mm. So where is Up and Vanished going season four and beyond, do you think? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, after season two, there was, there was a moment where I was just so exhausted from it that I told like everyone around me that I'm not, I'm never doing up in Vanna season three. And everyone's like, yeah, you are. I'm like, no, I'm really not. <laughs> and I eventually, I guess I got over that or something. <laughs> it's addictive. Did you, was this all done over the pandemic or, uh, or did you start it before? Yeah, this was done with masks and I mean, we first weren't even allowed to go to the reservation uh, at all. Well, I do remember seeing pictures of you while we were like, I had only seen Alexis in for like months. And I'm we're like, why? hanging out outside like, during the pandemic. doing? Yeah. Oh, I've been traveling literally <laughs> since time. June of 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm proud of that. I'm just saying that we I too. got it's back fine. to work. No, but you're working. No, but I was like, is I Pete partying in Montana? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what no, is that it was, there was, it was your, your intentions. Like, we didn't know what you were doing at first. Like, mm-hmm. who knows why you were in Montana? It's part of the mystery. You yeah. Know? So you got to play it up. Yeah. So, but for season, but that being said, you did do a season three. I did. And do you feel as depleted after this one? Like, do you see, more I've, seasons. I think I've just learned a lot with just just for myself on how to deal with the information, the way that it makes me feel, uh, how to compartmentalize certain things, and uh, just get better and sharper at focusing on the things that matter because it's exhausting to waste your time doing stuff that doesn't matter. And there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. Not to mention that you're, you know half the time dealing with people who've been through something really tragic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and bedside so, manner. It's you know, like to be con- to, to deal with I can't people. Just shoot the shit like I'm no. doing to deal right with now. People in pain know? is, is a like, is a daunting thing and they deserve all the compassion and empathy in the world exactly. and patience. Yeah. Frankly. And I want to be able to give it to them, but we can't lie and say that that doesn't like take a toll on somebody with empathy. It does. Cause you're just like, shit, how the fuck do I fix this for you? Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot out of you. And I'm mostly kind of an introverted person. Uh, I have extroverted times, but <laughs> I, I that that stuff exhausts me. Like, well, I think that there is something. I'm, I hope I'm not mixing up two different podcasts, but I think that there was, <laughs> you know, you listen to like 15 podcasts at one time. Yeah, it's, um, it's totally fine if you do. That there was uh, like a somebody that was covering the case, like from the area, and she was talking about that, like how it takes a toll on the community as a whole. Yes, that was your podcast, right? It was my podcast. <laughs> it was one of the first episodes, and she was talking about the generational pain, right. really, and and she was saying how like because she was also from that community. I think she's a professor now. Are we talk? That's probably the. It was one of from one of your earlier earlier episodes. <laughs> I think <laughs> we're like, are I think we right? Talking about Shannon Newth, who is with the the news in Great Falls, Montana. Right. Yes, she's and great. She- she's like she's like a morning anchor there. But yeah, I, I was trying to ask questions like that because I feel like that's what you don't get. Yeah. In most true crime documentaries, is just more humanizing elements of it all. It's almost like the people who are putting it together are just. Uh, just puppet masters and you don't really see them or it's just a very limited view of what it takes to get to the truth. And to me, that's more interesting. I want to be able to tell, obviously, 
the story of me hopefully finding out what happened to Ashley and Ashley's story, but all the players involved, you know, they're all interesting humans. And, you know, I try to find those little pieces and be able to highlight that because it makes people connect with it more and oh, it yeah. just feels better as a listener, I feel like. Totally. Now, is there anything that's basically our questions for the serious part of our podcast? <laughs> is there anything you have left to add that you want to say about season three? You asked me earlier about if the me going through the phone thing was the scariest thing I've encountered. Mm -hmm. And no, it's not. And the scariest thing that I did encounter has not aired in the podcast yet. It probably won't till towards the very end. But I'm usually not scared, like you were saying, Billy. Yeah. But I, uh, this time I knew enough about this person to know that he would do something stupid, like kill me. Holy shit. You know, and so. Pain. I mean, so, you're so dangerous. I know. I don't know crazy. what to say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that was definitely nerve-wracking, and it, it happened, it, it unfolded pretty much exactly how I thought it would. Oof. Uh, I cannot wait. Well, you're still here, so not exactly can, how. Can, we get, a, can we get a sneak peek? No. There is a... Million your people. We'll see. We'll see. Where are we at in this? You know, because I have what's in my head, and I have uh, we just, what's in the podcast. We just aired. It was... Vernon's cousin died, right? I haven't, or not died. I haven't checked missing. my um, podcast was, app, and... Uh, so you know that you know Sam fell asleep and that. Yes. Do you okay? Here's my question. Do you believe Sam? Do you believe Sam's story? As a listener, I did, but like I'm also too skeptical. I'm a very, I'm a huge skeptic. Obviously, mm-hmm. like I don't believe literally anything anyone says. But I was like, his his delivery of his story was like not. Uh, he wasn't trying to protect himself because his shit sounds bad. I'm like, right. He's like, I was parting with her for days. I'm like, you sound guilty. I'm like, he wouldn't do it if he was trying to be but cagey. Are you just? Are, like, yeah. They, they, he was like doing drugs for days and days and days and mm-hmm. wasn't sleeping. Like that is probably I'm what somebody that was all he would, fucked up he, would do. No one right. knew because, but because yeah. Ashley's gone, no one would know that unless he shared it. That's true. So it's like to out himself there. It just, I just believed him. I just did. I don't know why. Um, I could be wrong. And also that wouldn't hold up in a court of law. It's just, he said, she said, but it's just like, he sounded sincere to me as someone who's like yeah. dealt with lots of people who are fucked up. I, I do believe Sam. Yeah. And going into it, I mean, on paper, it's just the worst shit ever. I'm like, okay, this guy fell asleep and she disappeared. Yeah, right. I just laid back but in my car the and then sometimes stuff like that happens. It happens all the time. It makes it that much more confusing. Also, the way he explains it, he's like, yeah, she had disappeared before when we were partying. She disappeared for six hours at a time. So mm-hmm. it was like, we just, we all don't party like that. So I don't think we get it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, we don't do we, drugs. We don't do drugs <laughs> and stay up for days on end. Like things, you fall asleep at random places and right. just wake up and shit happens. Uh, I was also mesmerized by his whole thing. It's like, just don't sleep and you'll see. And I'm like, tempting. And honestly, <laughs> if I can get a month off at some point, he also I will. asked to, like, he was like, I smoke weed. And like, I, I cut this out, but he was like, you want to do a dab with me? Oh my and God. I was like, man, uh, mm. me doing a dab with Sam right now, <laughs> probably not advisable. Not advisable. I was like, maybe like, next time. Hey, you know investigative, you investigative journalism would yeah. have allowed it. Hunter, yeah. Hunter S. Thompson would have been, He'd yeah, been like, mm, seems, like, like ah, seems like I need I to understand well this enough. better. I'll do a dab with Sam. No, uh, not my first it would visit. It be very immersive. Remember, you, you know? had a gun pointed yeah. at me earlier. <laughs> yeah. I like this guy, though. He's like, he's like, it's like apocalypse, but fucking tons of tech for like security. I like, I envisioned it. I, I mean, I didn't see it, but I was like, this is good shit. 
So if you're a super busy person and you don't have time to go to the gym, or maybe you just don't even want to go to the gym and work out in front of a bunch of different people, you need to check out the Allo Moves app. I'm obsessed with this app. So it makes it easy to keep your wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place. There's yoga, there's Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, and so much more. So either you're a beginner or you're an advanced person, Allo Moves has the flow or class that will fit your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. So even if you only have five minutes, you can just get some movement in. I used Allo Moves all during the pandemic. It was amazing. Like I was on my yoga journey and I was obsessed with it. So you can find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quiet moments, even if you don't really want to get a workout on. And when it comes to sleep, it's just important as fitness and nutrition, and they've got you covered with Allo Moves. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Allo Moves. Go to allomoves.com com and use code first for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com, code first, A-L-O-M-O-V-E-S.com, code first. Everybody loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. So it's going to take you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. I'm really feeling this because Lex and I both are really like into Gatsby stuff right now. So I am loving the vibe of this game. And you're going to step into the role as June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. It's perfect for all of the firsties out there. There's mystery, danger, and romance as you search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris. And you can customize your very own luxuries estate island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Okay, so listen, we are busy ladies over here on the first degree. And when I have a moment of free time, I don't want to spend it grocery shopping. I want to spend it rotting on the couch and watching reality TV. And that is why I love Thrive Market. So Thrive Market is a go-to for all of my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstop is such a huge time saver. So Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They actually restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So you can go on their website and use their filters to suit any of your lifestyle needs. If you're allergic to a certain ingredient, if you just don't want to have it in your life, that's why Thrive Market is so awesome. So whether you're looking for organic snacks for your kids or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. I love this so much because I don't want to read every ingredient when I go to the grocery store. It's so easy to do it online, honestly, when I'm rotting on the couch. So join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash first for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash first. Thrivemarket.com slash first. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prepping, no cooking, or cleanup needed. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. 
Get started today and get after your goals. Plus, Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. For me, I was really struggling to get enough protein. I always do. But Factor's meals are protein-packed, and they're so good. And it's so easy when I'm slammed busy working in the middle of the day to just have lunch right there, not needing to do anything, except heat it up. Head to factormeals.com slash firstdegree50 and use code DEGREE50 to get 50% off. That's code DEGREE50 at factormeals.com slash firstdegree50 to get 50% off. Okay, so we obviously had to tell our firsty community that you're coming on the podcast, and I didn't expect the reaction to be the way that it was. I mean, I did a little bit because I know everybody loves you, but... It was hundreds and hundreds of comments, many that I had to filter out because I'm like, this is extremely inappropriate to ask pain. What were those? I'll start with the one that was not, it's not inappropriate, but like on any other of a news source, this would be this girl, Ashley Marie. She said, any plans of voicing an erotic novel in the works? Mm. Because I don't know if you know, but your voice is sexual and it turns many women on, including myself. I mean, (laughs) I'm not opposed to it, but Fifty Shades of Pain. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe only if I wrote it. Honestly, Pain is a little double entendre there. I know yeah. Pain. Honestly, That'd be a big check. I feel the like. name it Pain is, is like be, yeah. Sounds like expensive IP to own. Yeah, yes. it does. But like your voice is great. Thank you. And your name is very high into my future baby names. By the way, is we, were it? Ta- we were literally wow. talking about this, this in Vegas. There's not many out there. We were like, "What are you going to name your baby?" She's like, "I don't know, but Pain is good." I'm like, "Pain." I was thinking that. That's so good. So, anyways, we we're both have others. kids and name them Pain. Yeah, and then you're going to be the godfather. Their father. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> we're both in relationships, but we. You're going to be the dad. That's fine. Yeah, I'll be. I'll I be mean, the other dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The other dad. The namesake dad. That's a thing. I like it. Anyways, we're going to move on. Okay. So we have a list of questions that, I mean, you're our first guest, so we're going to try it out on you okay, and see how it goes that we want to ask every guest that we have on Killing Time. So the first question is, what is the case that got you into true crime? And we were trying to debate what it could have been because was it Tara Grinstead or I said Tara? I was like, he says on, he says on season yeah. one that like, I was a filmmaker and I just wanted to get it. I, I picked it sort of because of proximity. But, or was there uh, like... But I played devil's advocate and was just like, maybe, like, maybe he was, he's maybe a John he was into guy. OJ. Maybe he was into John Bonet. You mean yeah. into true crime as in doing it? No, no, just no, no, no. What or case as a person. was the first case that like, you're like, like, for example, mine was Heaven's Gate when I was like a kid. I okay. was obsessed with it for some reason. I don't know why. I think it was probably The Jinx. Yeah. Um, well, the I best mean, it, documentary I, I, of I'd all say time. Making a Murderer too. But, mm, the jinx, uh, though. The, like, and they came out around the same time. That's really when I sort of was sitting there on my couch like, okay, that was just so fascinating to me. And I, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to go you did. put something together that made me feel the way that I did that actually moved the needle. Yeah. And so... Yeah. That's when season you one. It's so funny. Jack came and I out. used to both have the Beverly Hills. It was like the Beverly Hills comparison with a line between of I the mean, two. It was. It's. Oh yeah. Well, the, it's why it's like as a true crime producer and like an investigative journalist, it's like 
I that is my goal. The jinx yeah. has okay. always been. Of course, because and then because yeah. like, there's you, nothing like it. Because it's just isn't. blind luck. Too. And you, and you, what they exactly. did is and you you would have development meetings with production companies, like we or want even our networks, jinx. and it's like we want our jinx. No it's like, shit. First of all, yeah, no shit. That guy's a super villain. <laughs> yeah. Also, nobody was planning for that to happen. No, of course but not. But that kind of happened with your first season. Like you, it the twist ended up like. Inserting itself into the whole podcast at the very end, but it's possible, you know, it's not impossible, which is what keeps me, keeps my drive going to to do it again and again. Right. You know, how do you feel about uh, the most recent Robert Durst verdict? You've been following? Uh, He's guilty, right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Of the (laughs) first murder. Susan Berman. Yeah. Not the first, the wife's because there's no definitely guilty for sure. But uh, no, I was shocked that that ever happened, honestly. I did not think they would ever fully prosecute him, especially with COVID. So Mm -hmm. it's a big win. Okay. Our second question is What is your true crime unpopular opinion? Do you have an opinion that goes against the grain about anything Mm. that you can think of? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I probably have a bunch of opinions that go against the grain. Any, like, uh, theories that are the normal theories and you have a, a different theory? Like, anything you think that might... Like, for example, Alexis okay, and I like don't that think that yeah. Burke killed JonBenet Ramsey. No, we do not. I don't either. Okay. Yeah. Billy okay. does. Billy does, unfortunately. Really? <laughs> right? I've actually Gross. talked to her I'm, I'm other maybe. brother. Yeah. Oh, you have? He turns out to be too. John yeah. Andrew? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Nothing ever really came of it, but I've, I've talked to him on the phone a few times. Um, I mean, I think Stephen Avery definitely did it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that even an unpopular opinion? I think it's an unpopular opinion for like the normal true crime world. What do you think world. of Brandon Dassey? Uh, I mean, I think that it feels like he... Coercion, because an adult was telling him to do something. Yeah. You know, when, I don't when think you're... he's yeah. uh, bright enough to have done anything elaborate, and it seems like he was sort of broke into to the somebody. whole thing and yeah. Yeah. didn't know what was going on, and then it was too late. Agreed. <sighs> okay. Last question is, what is the one unsolved case that you'd like to see solved before you die? Other than, obviously, mm. Ashley's. I feel like, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks this way, but I mean, JonBenet Ramsey. I mean, <laughs> what really happened? One. Like, <laughs> And we'll probably never know, which is... We'll never know. It's a stranger. I just want to know which one. Mm, that's an intruder it's not in the the home it's an intruder yeah i'm sorry let me clarify it's someone not from that home because the garrote just throws it all (laughs) it really throws it off the tourniquet um i wanted to jump into our questions from our listeners um megan bittner said what are your opinions on the second season of to live and die in la real quick before you do that i have one more that i think we should add sorry before we get into the uh listener ones do you think after like all you've done so far in your career, do you think people are inherently good or inherently evil? Ooh, good question. Um, I feel like we're bad. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Um, we bad. And I know that's probably not the most popular opinion, and it's I'm not trying to be all super dark about it, but I, I feel like I mean I think we're all fucked up a little bit. But yeah. what what makes you say that? Was there a moment, or was there just like a have you thought about this before? I have. I mean, I just think that I think people are are mostly selfish, and I think that the people who are not, those are people you need to really, you know, have in your life, and you should strive to to be more selfless. But I think that it's almost human nature to just protect yourself yeah. and go after what you want, 
And I think that that can get twisted and distorted sometimes and people kill people and do messed up shit. Well, when your back is up against the wall, it's like you're going to do things you would have never really never done in any other situation. We're seeing this with the Gabby Petito thing now. Like yeah. the, those parents are whatever that seems as though they're doing things. They they were upstanding members of society till now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Sorry. To the listener question. No, I do want to know what your opinion is of to live and die in L.A. with uh, Elaine's mom. And what are your opinions on that whole situation? Because that was the craziest fucking Great season. Great season. It's so crazy. Great season. I remember Neil telling me about this like a couple years ago. And I mean, like over dinner, I was like, oh, the mom did it. And then, you know, (laughs) as you kind of unpack it, you're like, well, maybe not. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 It's so hard to say. And it's hard to like look at somebody and say, is this how they should be acting? And yada, yada, yada. And people act differently. Sometimes people also just do weird shit. Yeah. And like that, it sometimes there's Amen. nothing behind it. I feel like if I was ever roped into something, they like would go dissect my life. I'm like this guy Dude. definitely did it because look all this weird, weird shit no he did. One yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. More Unrelated, guilty than but like, me. why would he act this weird? Oh I'm my, like, I, I don't know. I'm just so weird. fucking guilty. If someone dug into my shit or yours, Billy. In fact, there's honestly <laughs> like me I don't do weird yeah. shit. No, you're fine. I'm too normal. But that's the thing. It's like. I'm just like it's I, so true though. People do weird fucking Susan shit. Park, Susan Park is a bad mom. Yeah. Susan Park is sure. yeah. from a, an abused home. Yeah. And I think people need to understand how nuanced that is. Even professionals can't understand each fucking sick person. And um, there's no way to know. Yep. There's no way to know. My instinct is no. My instinct is that she's a terrible mom in an abusive household. But no. Do you have that opinion? That seems more likely to me. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's where I would lean. Do you have opinions on who you think did it? Honestly, no. I just think that, just to kind of piggyback off of what you just said, mm-hmm. that uh, all the oddities surrounding her come from her upbringing and who she is. And yeah, yeah, objectively a bad mom, but maybe she didn't do it, you know? But also bad is, okay, I want to just say this real quick. Bad is hard. Like, she was also raising her alone. We don't understand all these circumstances. Well, in a cycle of abuse, And the dad was there with money, who's not involved. Like, honestly, Susan could have been doing the best she can, given being a a single mom is something I cannot underestimate. Uh, And what that does to mental health, truly, I don't know. I couldn't imagine. That's why why I'm saying people do weird shit, and you never know. Weird shit. You don't know the complexities of every single person you're talking Mm -hmm. to and what they deal with inside their head and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's like if you pull up every text message that anybody's ever had. (laughs) Out of context, it looks real bad. Oh, I definitely got some real bad ones. Same. (laughs) We all do. And you're like, wait, I was blacked out when I said that. I can't be held accountable. Honestly, yeah. Okay, I have uh, two more questions. Great. One comes from Wendy DeGraff. She says, we need a recipe for your grandma's cowboy cookies. I know you're not going to give it mm. to us, but, like, can you tell me how they taste? Okay, so. <laughs> and, like, why didn't you bring us any? <laughs> I'm a fan of, like, like soft cookies fresh out of the oven, you know, yes. like chocolate chip, still warm. Ooh. Yes. That's, like, that's my thing. Sure. Now, these are not that. But they're hmm. still really good. Have you ever had tried the batter? I'm a batter gal. I don't. I like have a, had the batter. It's also like a, delicious. I don't like a baked good. I like a pre cooked baked good. <laughs> so usually, like a cowboy something, like a cowboy bark, has a bunch of different Chunk, shit in it. Chunky. Is it like? A, is it's it? There like a bunch of stuff, but she grinds it up. 
So it's Ooh. all like there's no like, like big like processor. nut you're biting into oh. or something gross like Ground that. Nuts. It has pecans in it, but they're blended up, so they're you don't really dust there's of no pecan. Con- exactly. <laughs> Whoa. And here's the thing. <laughs> this is monumental. We I think. eat them frozen. What? We put them in the freezer. <laughs> frozen good. And we eat them out of the freezer. I do and like a frozen best chocolate. That way, which wow. sounds absolutely crazy, and it is crazy. <laughs> but coming from someone who likes a warm cookie. Yeah. This is the only other cookie that I like that isn't that. And it's crumbly, but like something about it being cold and frozen. And you and have also, one and you have to have like five more. the nostalgia of it being your grandma's cookie. Also like, that. that. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. and then you it had could be it. garbage and you'd be like, grandma, this is the best cookie. Like yeah. the warm childhood memories. Of yeah. course. You had your, it was a competition for reviews or something on iTunes and then somebody won mm-hmm. them. Did you ever... Have you sent him out to this person? Oh, I got to do that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And have you, like, have you checked and had their feedback to see if it was just you are so biased of your own grandma's cookies? Well, they told me they loved them. Okay. But I mean, but they're also I guess a it would super be kind of rude if they were like, these suck. <laughs> but fuck thank you, you. and fuck your grandma. Which I mean, it's been whatever. Oh, but would you like, be terrible? <laughs> uh, I think they liked them. Like, yeah. I mean, my grandma is super pumped to send also, out a new batch. I Wait, loved her that you had in the first episode. It that was, was so great. cute. Yeah, was so like, really I was going to call my grandma just off rip and just see what happens. Oh, what a you doll. and your yeah. grandma could have a podcast. We could. Like, Truly. like an advice podcast mm-hmm. or something. Something. Okay, I'm going to leave it with this question because I do not understand what it means. <laughs> Perfect. Comes from Stacy, and she says, was pain really part of a boy band? <sighs> yes. And can, Wait, you, can elaborate you give us more on context? <laughs> um... Where do I start? <laughs> what was the boy band? When was it? How old were you? What Wait, happened? How old Wait, was it? Was it and can you impact? share a single with no. us? Oh. How old are you? I'm 33. Okay, so you're our age. When was the boy band not, like? Not, not my age. So not back age. in like. Is anyone Billy <laughs> besides a founding father? <laughs> the short version of the story is right out of high school. I started making parody music videos that I was like shooting and putting myself and my friends in. Did and you upload them online? Yeah, they're okay. all on YouTube are they gone? and stuff. Uh, no, a lot of them still are still there. Oh. Hey, oh. I, I know what I'm doing I just this totally afternoon. Out, can, we cut, myself. can we cut one in right now? At Go this for part? it. Yeah. Yeah. There is a. You could spend at least a couple hours looking at some of this shit. Oh my god, I can't nice. wait. Yes. But uh, that eventually evolved into making original songs and original music videos. Oh, and are they good? Uh, uh, some of them are okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, to, I, I cringe a, a little bit now, but. Uh, some of it is is not that bad. It was more like I was like kind of like a pop singery rapper dude, you know. And I back can in see the age of like, like three hundred three and like oh three those kind of things. Okay. Right? Oh, three hundred three. Right. So right. like panic. It's got a lot panic. of those vibes. Like a panic three hundred three. No, three hundred three is completely different. The three hundred three is like three hundred three is like rap. Pop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. That's that's kind of the vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did that for a long time, and you know, we we made money, and we, you know, we we. Had record deals on the table, we we turned them down and stayed independent. Wait, but what was your band called? It's or called your group. Right side of the tree. Right side of the I'm tree. Gonna regret, oh, yeah. I'm gonna regret saying that. What's the wrong side? Thing? Right side. You don't want to know the wrong side. Yes, I do. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. What Is does it mean? It's Is literally that an idiom I don't know about? the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> I was just drunk at my lake house with my friends and running like full speed down to the water, and I was like not looking. 
And then I, there was a huge spider web, like right here. And I was like, go to the right side of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, my I, God. I thought, like, in that moment, that I was like, oh my God, I figured it out. Like, that's, that's it. it. My that's destiny. It. Right side of the tree. And they're like, totally. really? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then, listen, happy, oh, here yeah. I am. Wow. Ha- having, that- <laughs> having tried to come up with band names. That's a that's oh a dude yeah, th- yeah those are always hilarious. <laughs> well, none of them make any sense. <laughs> Anything's a band name right now. I Wait, mean. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you for ending this on such a high note with that story. Of course, love this. I appreciate it so much. That was perfect. I love this pain. This is a true delight. I know. Thanks for coming. Thank you guys. Coming. Did you have as more fun than us, or as much fun? <laughs> I think I had as much fun. I feel yeah. like more yeah. was the right answer. But oh, yes. oh okay. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of question is that? Well, <laughs> well, I don't know how much fun you had. So I mean, yeah. if, you had, like, well, a, sh- if you had like this much fun, I'd be like, well, probably about the same. She know? has been drinking for two hours longer than you. I don't so know. Then you have more fun. I don't know what it's like to have fun at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So everybody, uh, follow follow Payne on Instagram. Okay. They're already following him. Listen to fucking Up and Vanish season three. And listen to Up and Vanish season three. And uh, where else can we find you? Uh, I guess just... Google me or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, look, I'll oh, look up his boy really band, right side, of the, tree, right, right side of the tree, right side of the tree on YouTube. Yeah, uh, don't do that. <laughs> I can't wait to do it yeah. later. Oh, my you God. Really, if you really make it go viral. What if, like, there's, what if it becomes so big? <laughs> really, it was supposed to be a goodbye. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but no. We do what like if it becomes a so big tour? that there's, like, a reunion tour? Yeah. Uh, you man, can open up for my boyfriend is in a band. I'm sure some of my friends would definitely be down. Yes, we're into it. I can't wait for this to happen. We're doing it. Honestly, Payne, um, we're coming to your first concert. Yeah. Can't, Hell wait. Yeah. Can't wait. All right. Well, thanks okay. for coming, Payne. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Well, a huge thank you to Payne for being here with us today. You know, we love doing these episodes with guests. It's our very first one. So if you're listening out there and you know a celebrity or another person in the podcasting world that you want to have on as a guest for Killing Time, let us know because there might be some people out there that we didn't even know that are true crime fans. So send them our way and hopefully we can do more of these. It was so fun, guys. So fun. Thanks, Payne. Thanks, Payne. Bye. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.